Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Navidad. Amen. Amen. I don't know about y'all. I'm happy. Tis the season. Can you guys find some joy today? Can you find some joy? Yes. We are alive. We are here. We are amongst the land of the living. We got breath in our lungs. We got the family of God around us. Hallelujah. I could give God some praise. I haven't succumbed to my issues or my problems. How do I know? Because I'm still here. God is still alive, and he is showing himself strong in his people. I, gotta, I, can't, I don't have to look for the strength of God in anybody else because I realize the strength of God is strength and strong in me. And he's strong in you. Amen. <laughs> My God. I, I'm, listen, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I am like full of fire today. Ah. Ah. And I want you to leave out of here the same. World is dying. And we said, no, they don't want to hear about Jesus. They want to hear about what they can get. People are coming to church to get something, to get something. I want this. I want that. You know what? We should come to church to see what we could do instead of coming to church to see what we can get. You know, the Bible tells us not to give out of necessity. You know, that's why I preach so hard about don't, you don't sow a seed for what you need. The, the principle of God always works. But you know what? When I see a need, then I sow a seed. When I see there's a need, I'll give to it. And because God gives seed to the sower, I'm going to go ahead and give. I'm not worried about what I got. I'm just going to give all that I have, and God's going to make sure that I have to give. My God. Jesus is the reason for this season, but he's the reason for every season that we need to be running around and spreading the joy. We are the children of God. And if we act like the world, how are we going to win people over to Christ? My God, I, I know this is supposed to be a Christmas message, and we're going to talk about cheer and the coming of Christ in a manger. And, and yes, we all know that to be the truth because we heard the stories since we've been little kids. But there comes a time, saints of God, that God came and gave a gift to the world named Jesus Christ. And we only take a day out to celebrate that. But the gift that he gave me is a gift that keeps giving. Donald said it himself up here rapping, every day is Christmas. So I got a gift to give to people, and that's the love of Christ. Because he shed it abroad upon our hearts, and now I'm going to shed it and give it to everybody else. And I hope you do the same. Stop giving people a piece of your mind and give them the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Man, God is doing something, y'all. I just, 
Man, Donald, thank you for that word, man. God is making room. He's making room. Just when you thought the table was full. You ever, you ever go to a restaurant you really want to go to and they're like, I'm sorry, we're not taking reservations, we're full right now. Are you, you're going to have to wait. The wait is 45 minutes. You got, you ever happened to you? And you hungry. I want to eat now. Some of y'all right now thinking about eating. Stomach speaking in tongues. Oh, Lord, oh, Right? Watch this. But God says, you don't have to wait. Because though you may thirst and hunger, you ain't got a, you could, there's room at my table right now. All you got to do is come. Come all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. They that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And God is a rewarder of those that seek him diligently. Come on, you guys. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. I'm, I'm speaking Spanish. Christmas. More Christ. Oh, you didn't get it. Christmas. We need more Christ in our lives. Why do I need more Christ so I can give more Christ? You want to know why you ain't growing spiritually in your relationship with God? Because you're not sharing what you know. God gives seed to the sower. And he said, and the word of God was the seed. The seed is the word of God. You want more God? Start sharing more God. Start acting like God. You ain't got to try to act like God when you got him in you. People trying to act. You, know, act. you know what actors are? That's what they are. They're actors. They, the, back in the, Greek, the, in the Greek, Greek times, they put on masks. And they did plays because they want you to see something that you're not. That's an act. Stop acting like Christ. You know what that means? You put on a mask and trying to act like something you're not. Why don't you just get full of Christ? Because when Christ is in you, he'll come out of you. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, man, the world right now is everybody's depressed and everything else like that. Saints of God, stop being thermostats and start becoming thermometers. You need to change the atmosphere wherever you're at. Yes, I know you got problems. Yes, I know you, whatever you're going through, you're going through. But I, this man told me this week, and he was just all upset about everything. He wanted to kill everybody in the parking lot. And he says, I'm just having a hard time right now. I said, everybody's having a hard time right now. Everybody's shot. Everybody's bleeding. If you could jump outside yourself. I got a friend that's in the military, and they, he's received great honors and medals. He was injured, shot, bleeding out. He's a medic. Now, by all rights, he could have laid there and looked and waited for somebody to treat him. Also, actually, he could treat himself. But instead of worrying about himself, he went to heal others. Not even thinking about his own life. And that's how we ought to be. That's Christ-like. And you know what? He's not even a Christian. How much more as Christians should we look? Yeah, I know you're going through something. Everybody's going through something. I don't know what it is, and I'm not going to rate it, you know, because we always like to one-up each other. You know, somebody's sick, and then you got cancer. And this guy, well, I got cancer. I got consumption. And, and it, gets the worse, it gets worse. 
I got the black plague. It, it came back and visited me. I don't know. You're just trying to one-up somebody. No, the point is we're all sick. We're all hurt. We all are in need of Christ. And if we, can, if we can step out our hurts and our pains and what's going on with us and share and have compassion one for another, think of your brother higher than yourself. Don't think highly of yourself more than you ought. Putting your brother before yourself. When we can start doing that, then the body of Christ will start attracting people so that they can come in and know who Christ is. Christ must. The body of Christ has to start acting like a body that is fitly joined together to where we act and love one another. I've been preaching the last couple of weeks, and I'm, my God, I'm off my notes, but I just got to go. Because what, what's happening here is God is making more room here in the church for more people to come in and receive Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, and grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. That's what's going on. But what happens is when growth happens, a lot of times division happens because a lot of times people don't like growth or, or somebody gets offended. And I've been preaching the last couple of weeks about offenses and, and what to do when you feel like you're betrayed and when you take offense and the spirit of offense and the bitter roots of bitterness. I've talked about all that, right? And the reason why is because as we're growing, we need to learn how to get along. Okay, now the, the problem with the world is they're, they're throwing out, everywhere you look, it's all about division. And we're taking what's in the world and we're bringing it in the church. Because brother so-and-so don't pray like brother so-and-so, he's wrong and he's right because I agree with him, but I don't agree with him, so therefore he becomes my enemy because I don't agree. Why did he get so quiet? Look, you cannot, you, you don't have to agree with somebody. You can agree to disagree. I believe that the 49ers are the best football team ever. Right? Somebody else is going to argue with me and then tell me what? Dallas. Chiefs. Who else? You just name it. Whatever your team is. Look, but we can still be friends. But let me say I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican. Now you hate me. You love me first, and all of a sudden, my affiliation or my thought process is going to make you hate me. How come we can't agree to disagree? When it comes down to football, it's, it's expected. You know why? Because at the end of the day, we all love football. Did you catch the analogy? See, I can agree to disagree with you about how you believe or what, what a political party or, or, or how you wear your shoes or which way you crack an egg. We can all disagree on that, but at the end of the day, we have to agree that we all love people and we all love the creator of people. Like, dude, you love Jesus? Yeah, I love Jesus. Okay, so I, we agree to disagree. Huh? And see, in the body of Christ, what's happening is people get offended. My goodness. This is how you get offended. Take it. That's how you get offended. You guys are like, what does that mean? What does that mean? You have to take offense to be offended. Let's say this is offense. Give it to me. Give, give it to me. Give it to me. I don't want it. I don't want it. I have to take offense. You people say, I'm offended. I took offense to that. Well, what you take offense for? It's that easy. But we want to be offended. We want to be offended. 
What is it in our flesh that wants this division? We got to crucify our flesh daily. Daily. I got to fight and endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace of Jesus Christ in the church. I'm not going to fight by myself. I need some people to fight with me. If you're offended with me, come tell me. If you're offended with somebody else, go tell them. Don't go tell somebody else. My God, I wish, I, I wish my mind was, because there's a scripture where it talks about the seven things that God hates, and God hates, uh, uh, what is it, somebody that runs off, uh, that runs off to tell news, a tell bear, to gossip. God hates it. People that run off to, do you know what I did for this church, and they don't even appreciate me? Well, you know, Pastor Kaya, you know, she thinks she's all that now. Don't you see, she thinks she's everything. Her husband's always complimenting her. Well, if you got a problem with Kaya, go tell her. Kaya, I didn't like the way you, talk, you said that to me the other day. Pastor Kaya, just tell me. I don't like, and then Kaya, you know what most likely is going to happen? Two things. One. I'm sorry, I didn't know I offended you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That's when you know what the other thing is going to happen? You know what? I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but you was acting way out of pocket. And because you was doing it publicly, I had to rebuke you publicly. I'm just letting y'all know, you do something public, expect to get it back public. You, you, you act a fool on Facebook. Yeah, and they're going to tag friends. We have to endeavor to keep the unity of our church. I'm here to tell you right now, if somebody comes running to you and under, under the disguise of, I need counseling about somebody else, you better not entertain that foolishness. Do you realize because Eve didn't shut the devil up, to begin with, she entertained his foolishness and ended up succumbing to what he said and then ended up sinning. And then her husband, who was right there, everybody said he was gone. They was together, sat there like this. Uh, okay. Because he didn't take authority. Matter of fact, when somebody, he was the ruler. He was supposed to take dominion. He was supposed to shut the devil up. Oh, another preaching message. But when you entertain foolishness, you will fall into it. So when somebody comes and starts talking negatively about somebody, shut them down. Shut them down. Shut them, shut them down. Shut them down. Y'all know public enemy, y'all going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm trying to get this to you guys. Listen, you will get offended. Jesus said offenses are going to come. They're going to happen. Okay? Now, before, before that, just remember this too. We offend God in our flesh. And everybody in here is in your flesh. You are offensive to God. Huh? Just don't ever forget that. How many people like gifts? 
Two people? Good. Yeah, because whoever didn't raise their hand, don't expect to get nothing for Christmas. <laughs> if you got a gift, if they didn't raise a hand next to you, if he didn't raise his hand, take the gift back. It's yours. I'll keep it yourself. You know you want it anyway. Everybody likes gifts. So what I want to do is help you give yourself the best Christmas gift ever. Amen? We're always giving other people gifts on Christmas. Why not give yourself a gift? You guys want to give yourself a gift? It's not going to cost you much. This is going to cost you everything. The Bible has specific instructions, saints, on how we're supposed to get along. He wants, God wants his people to get along. His actual last full prayer to God before he left this earth is that we are one. The same way he and the Father are one. He said, God, let them be one just like we are one. So that they'll know they are of me the same way I am of you. That was his prayer. His final prayer. And if we want that to be one, we have to fight to stay one. It's important. How important is it? Do you realize that if we don't stay a family, we break apart, then the, the church no longer is the hope of the world. The world is divided. The, the kingdom of the world will not stand because it's divided. The United States, the United States is not united anymore. Why? Because our government has left God. And now is the time for the church to take its place back and fight on her knees, praying for godly leadership to allow God back into leadership. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it back by force. But our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. So how do I go through God? On my knees. But I can't pray when, uh, and ask God something when I got something against my brother. You know, God says, if you have a gift to give to me, but you have an ox with your brother, put your gift down. Don't even bring it to me until you get it right with your brother. Do you hear me, saints? You might have an ox against somebody right now. Some, you know what an ox is? An offense. Somebody offended you. If you have an ought or an offense against somebody right now, God said don't even bring your gift until you get it right with your brother. That's how important it is to him. Yes. So let me get on my notes. Find my place. Turn to John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You know, we say that all the time, but we say it wrong. We say, you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A lot of people say, and the truth shall set you free. You've already been set free. Now that I've been set free, I need to be made free. It's like basically Jesus came and opened up the door to your cage. Now who's going to make you walk out the door? The truth. It says you will know the truth. We think the truth comes in the form of somebody talking and telling us the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, I'm the truth. You will know the truth. You will know Jesus. 
It is by knowing Jesus, being in a real relevant relationship with him. When you get in a real relevant relationship with Jesus, then guess what? You'll be made free. So you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Cuanta gente quiere ser libre. Amen. How many people want to be free this morning? Amen. Give God praise if you want to be free. I know I want to be free. Well, here's, here's something we're going to get free from. We're going to get free. We're free. Somebody say, perdón. Say, forgiveness. Oh, forgiveness. I could ask uh, each one of you guys, I can line you up and ask you, what is forgiveness? And you'll give me a plethora of different reasons of what you think forgiveness is. But most of us in here don't even know what the definition of forgiveness is. What we need to realize is this about forgiveness. It's very important. Even when God said, before you bring me any gift, make sure you make it right with your brother. Remember that? Watch this. This is why. We need to realize this. If we can't forgive our brothers and sisters that have offended us, God can't forgive you. You hear me? If you didn't understand what I just said in English, I'll say it in Spanish. Lo que tenemos que darnos cuenta es que si no perdonamos a las demás, Dios no nos perdonará. Matthew 6 and 14. I'm not just speaking this. I'm not just saying this. I'm not just making it up. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Oh, praise the King. Hallelujah. We could celebrate, right? Let's go on the rest. But if you don't forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ouch. Forgiveness. Let me tell you what forgiveness is. It's the intentional. Words sound familiar? It's the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feeling and attitude regarding the offense. Let's go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. Somebody say, yeah, right. Algunas de las ofensas son demasiado grandes para dejarlas ir. Some offenses are way too great and horrific and damaging just for us to let go of. Amen. I, I, I'm looking at you guys to see if you're following me because I, I, I don't know if anybody's ever been hurt or betrayed before. I, I, I just need to, if, if somebody feels what I'm saying, there's just some things that have been done to you that is just way too bad for me to forget. You're going to ask me to forget what somebody did to me? You, you, just like, just Jesus Christ. You're telling me to forget about what we did to him? We did that. Okay, maybe you don't understand. I'm going to help you understand. Most people make a huge mistake, first of all, thinking forgiveness is something natural. Forgiveness is something spiritual. That's why so many of us fail to do it. That's why when we sit down and we look at somebody and go, man, you, you did me wrong, and I've tried, all, I've tried everything I have, every, my, all my ability to forgive you, and I just can't forgive you. Has anybody been there? Just the thought of that person, the thought of that incident, brings back these bad, heavy emotions. 
kind of makes you want to get justice. They stepped on my foot. And in order for me to make it right, I got to punch them in the face. Uh -huh. I heard somebody say, amen. <laughs> now somebody in here understands. Listen, this is where you get set free. This is where you get set free. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I'm going to tell you what forgiveness isn't. I'm going to set you free. You guys ready? You guys Matter of fact, I'm going to give you some good information. You're not taking notes. You need to go back and watch this again. First of all, when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that you're condoning what they did. You guys listen to me now. Because so many people won't forgive somebody because it, they feel like, I forgive you. If I tell you I forgive you, it means that I, don't, I didn't see what you did. Uh, uh, your actions weren't really wrong. That's not what forgiveness is. So when you say you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you condone or agree with what they did. The second thing is, when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you're excusing them from what they did. That means you're not holding the offender as responsible for their actions. Just because I forgive you doesn't mean that I excuse you from what you did. You did it. It doesn't mean, I, oh, I looked the other way. No, that's not forgiveness. The third thing is this. When I forgive you, it doesn't mean I pardoned you. This is huge. Just because I forgive you doesn't mean that you are not, not going to have to deal with what you've done. Let me, let me help you out. You steal from the church, I'll forgive you. But I'm still reporting you to the police. But you said you forgive me. I do forgive you. But let me, let me help the word of God be true. God is not mocked. Wherever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So because you stole, you're going to reap what you did. But I forgive you. You don't forgive me because you report me. Then you don't know what forgiveness is. You're going you're gonna to have to deal with it. So if you've done something wrong to me, if, if, if you broke the law, if you did something to me and broke the law, I could still forgive you. And I could stand in court and say that I forgive you as they're giving you a sentence of 10 or 15 years. Me forgiving you doesn't mean I got to go tell the judge that I forgive him, so be lenient on a sentence. Oh, okay. I ain't got that. The other thing is, is just because I say I forgive you doesn't mean I forget. You got it twisted. I got there's been just some things I've been hurt with. There's way too many scars that I have that I can't forget. I've been hurt. You know, if somebody shoots you or stabs you, you got a scar. And every time you look at that scar, you're reminded of when you've been shot. Amen. There's some, there's some wounds that we have emotionally. That every time we think about it, we can't forget. God has the luxury of forgetting. We don't. And just because I forgot or I, I forgave you doesn't mean I'm going to forget what you did to me. I remember what you did to me. I remember that night you came into my room. I remember that day I trusted you with the bank account. I remember that I trusted you with our business. I remember this. I'm not going to forget it, but I forgive you. But I ain't going to forget. I'll never forget. It's funny because, you know, a lot of times when we think about Jesus and we talk about the holes in his hands, in the holes in his feet, he keeps them there. Like even now, you know, the Bible tells us they're still there. 
to remind. Not to remind him, but to remind us. And what I often wonder is, is you know that it wasn't just the holes in his hands that we did to him. Do you realize we beat the skin off his back to where bone was showing? We beat him and put, pulled all the hair from his face, and the Bible said he was unrecognizable. Hmm. Huh. But he still forgave us. Here's the next thing. This is, this is going to help you guys. This is, this is going to set you free. Y'all ready? Don't, don't get up and run. Don't get up and run. Don't get up and run. They say, grab your seat. Just grab your seat. If I forgive you, it doesn't mean reconciliation. Just because I forgive you doesn't mean we're getting back together. Just because I forgive you doesn't mean we're back in fellowship and partnership. I've forgiven you, but that doesn't mean we're getting back together. See, the problem is we don't forgive people because we think if I forgive them, we got to get back with them. If I forgive them, I got to pardon them. If I forgive them, I got to excuse them. If I forget him, I, I, I forgive him, I got to forget what he's done. I can never bring it up. I can never mention it again. No, none of that has to do with forgiveness. None of it. So we hold on to these offenses because we feel like we have to excuse them, we have to condone it, we have to pardon them, we have to forget it, we have to reconcile back with this person. No, that is not the case. Let me, let me, let me change gears real quick. I mean, we, there's, there's two things we need to learn here. First of all, if you have a hard time forgiving people, it's because probably because you're not a person that loves God's people. Because the more you love somebody, the easier it is to forgive them. Even though the person that you love the most can hurt you the most, but you're willing to give them the most forgiveness. Amen. It's, it's funny because, you know, what hurts the most, you think the, your, your husband or your wife would hurt you the most, but what really hurts you the most is your kids. Your children will hurt you the most. You know, the problem is about it is, and, and we sit there and everybody agrees with it, that, that has children, they'll hurt you the most. We're God's children. We hurt him the most. But he still, while we were yet sinners, while we were still offenders to him, Christ came, he died for us. See, when we start to love God, you know, when we love God so much, when we get, have a relation, a real relevant relationship with God, then we can start having a real relevant relationship with men. And see, what happens is when we get offended, we're not so easily offended, and we're quick to forgive. Because we love God so much, we love God's creation so much. See, the reason why I love people so much is because I realize I've been forgiven for much. I don't know about you. I, was, I mean, I'm like Paul when it comes down to the chief, center, chief of sinners. I, there's not nothing I can't name. I probably haven't done. But God still forgave me. God still loves me. He still received me. He still died for me. I'm not perfect by any means, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for any of my behavior. But I am saying to you right now, that God loves me so much, and I realize how much he's forgiven me for. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't continue in sin that grace may abound, God forbid. But I do know that God has been long-suffering and patient with me. And because he's been patient with me, I'm going to turn around and be patient with other people. Because I realize the grace of God on my life. And because he's poured so much grace on me liberally, I don't mind giving other people grace. 
People look at me like, man, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't see how you can't do it. I look at some people, I'm like, man, do you realize how much grace is on your life? If you did, you wouldn't mind giving other people grace. See, that's how the family of God works. And sometimes we need friends to remind us of how much grace of God is on our lives. Well, you better stop frustrating the grace of God. So remember, 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 let's listen, listen, listen. Here we go. Forgiveness is the intentional. We started this year off talking about intentional. Not intention. Oh, I had a good intention. They said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. No, we're talking about intentional. Forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding the offense. Let's go, uh, let's go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. <laughs> yeah. Is the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim, let's stop right there. First of all, we need to get rid of the victim's mentality. People look at me like, well, I was a victim. I was robbed. I, I, I was hurt. I was, somebody did this. I was betrayed. I'm a victim. When you're a victim, you'll stay a victim. I get tired of hearing Christians' prayers praying from a victim's mentality. Oh, God, oh, help me in my oh, help me, God. God never called you a victim. He called you to be a victor. He said you are victorious. He said you are a conqueror. He called you a warrior. Huh? Yeah, he called you more than a conqueror. He called you victorious, champion. But yet we act like losers. If I'm going to pray, I want to pray from a place of, of being victorious than a place of being a victim. I've won because Christ has won. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what's happened to me. I still come out on top. We got to get rid of this victim's mentality. Listen, victims die in the ordeal. But victors survive the process. They survive the process. They come out alive. Yeah, you've been through the ringer, but you came out alive. <laughs> and because you're alive, because you're still here, it shows that the grace of God is on your life. Come on, you guys. Then the second thing we need to do is change our feelings and attitude about the offense. Here goes the hard part. There's this guy named Joseph. He's in the Bible. Genesis. Had 12, 11 brothers. 11 brothers. That's a whole lot of offend, offend, offending things to happen with 11 brothers. All 11 brothers agreed to take him, throw him in the pit, tear his jacket up, put a little blood on it, take it to his dad and say that he was dead. They threw him in a pit, left him for dead, then all of a sudden, they changed their mind and sold them into slavery. Some people would, I'd rather be left for dead than put me in slavery. Sell him into slavery. You know the whole story. He gets thrown in jail while he's in slavery. He's been talked about, forgotten, all this other stuff. But watch this. Let me show you how Joseph, who was, just, he was definitely betrayed by his loved ones, his family. Let me show you how his attitude changed about everything. This is how he was able to forgive. Listen, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He said, but as for you, 
you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. See, you thought you was doing something bad to me. You thought you was getting back at me. You thought you was uh, evening the odds. But listen, God allowed it to happen so that I could come out on top. Because see, what we don't realize is unless there is a test, unless there is a trial, there's no testimony. I don't know about you, but I don't like to hear things secondhand. Oh, my God. Revelation chapter 12 and 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You got to have a testimony. Say to God, I'm here to tell you, when I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety disorders, and depression, I was like, why me, God? I didn't understand. I don't understand. I go through all these things. I'm sitting down, and, and, and just for no reason, my heart's beating fast. I tell God, call, call, call the hospital. I think this is it. We always, all these runs back and forth to the hospital. Then I go to my doctor. Oh, you got this heart issue. Now I got a heart issue. On top of that, I got anxiety disorder. Then depression because you got to deal with all the thoughts all the time. God, why me? Why me? I served you. I've given you my all. And then one day somebody comes across and I look and I'm like, they're having an anxiety attack. I recognize it. Because I'm acquainted with grief. And because I've been through it and I go through it, it keeps me humbled. But then when I see somebody, because I go through it, I'm able to come to them and testify about the goodness of God on my life and how grace abounds in my life. Therefore, I shall boast in my infirmities that the power of God shall rest upon me and when the power of God rests upon me I can give my testimony to set others free what the enemy thought was for my destruction God turned it around and used it for my good but to his glory we gotta change our attitude about what's happened to us I'm in this situation, not for me, and I will suffer, therefore, to let others be free. Therefore, have the like mind to suffer because Christ suffered. He suffered for us. That's why the Bible said he was acquainted with grief. He didn't say he was friends. He said he was acquaintances. There's a difference. See, you embrace friendship. You just know acquaintances. They stay at a distance, but you know them by name. You recognize them when you see them. But I'm not your friend. I'm not in fellowship. I don't commune with you. See, some of us just make the problem, is what our problem is, is that we become friends with our issues instead of letting them be acquaintances. And because I'm alive, because I'm still here, because all these things happened to me, I discovered God in a way that I never would have discovered him before. Because I was betrayed, because I was stabbed in the back, because I was left for dead, I got to know God in a real, relevant way. We need to turn around and thank the person that betrayed us. 
We need to tell them thank you. Matter of fact, you should write them a Christmas card this Christmas and say thank you. If it had not been for what you did to me, I wouldn't know God the way I know him now. When the devil comes against you, he's trying to pull you from God. But really what's happening when you change your attitude, he's chasing you to the feet of the master. So the next time somebody comes to you and, and tries to hurt you, he says, yeah, I'm going to bring you to your knees. Because that's what they want. They want, to, they want you to submit. But see, they don't realize. They're just a tool. See, Paul understood it. He said that I may know you. Huh? He said that I may, he didn't say that I may know you when I get blessed richly and highly favored. He said that I may know you in the power of the resurrection and the fellowship. Here we go. Of suffering. He didn't say in the acquaintance of suffering. See, I'm acquainted with grief, but I'm going to be friends with the suffering. Because the friends with the suffering is going to allow me to know you better. Huh? So, is it, so, so, so we need to change our attitude. Yeah, you're going to bring me to my knees, but I'm not submitting to you. I'm getting to my knees because I'm going boldly before the throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy in a time of need. And when I get up on my feet, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be more powerful. I'm going to have more anointing. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to tell, I'm going to prophesy to you. I'm going to bless you and pray for you. I'm going to do, do good to you. And they ain't going to understand it because then the Bible says what? It's like raining coals on their head. <laughs> I forgive you. I forgive you for hurting me. I forgive you for leaving me. I forgive you for betraying me. I forgive you for violating me. I forgive you for lying to me. And my forgiveness is not condoning what you did. My forgiveness is not excusing what you did. My forgiveness is not parting you for what you did. My forgiveness is not going to mean I'm forgetting what you did. And my forgiveness definitely doesn't mean that we're getting back together. So there ain't no reconciliation. My forgiveness is a gift from me to me. The best Christmas gift ever that I could give myself is to forgive those that have done something wrong to me. I forgive you. Somebody say, let it go. You just got to let go of that eye. Change your attitude today. Today is your day. God, listen. Oh, my God. I'm saying this because the importance is this, saints. You being, you're in here right now. Believe in God. Follow his word. You love him to death. But at the end of the day, he said this. If you can't forgive your brother, he can't forgive you. We're walking around with a false hope. It's Christmas. God said, forgive your brother. Fight to keep the unity and the bond of peace amongst your brethren. Come together. Stand to your feet. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you got to help us. You got to help us, God. You got to help us.
got a helper. Saints of God, as I was preaching, I know there's people that probably came across your mind. There's situations that came across your mind and made you feel a certain way. And you're like, God, how can I forgive those people? I've tried so many times. Remember, right now, you're not a victim. You're here. You're not a victim. You're a victor. And you got to start standing in that place of authority. Golgotha, Calvary, was a high place lifted up. It wasn't a place where God was killed. It was a place where, where the whole world can live. Everybody talks about, oh, Golgotha and where Christ died and where he suffered. I look at it as a victorious place. It's a place where the blood of the Lamb was shed for my, my sins. And because he lives, because he's victorious, the same spirit that's in Jesus Christ, if it be in you, you also can get up and be victorious and change your attitude, change your view. The same way that Christ forgave us, you can forgive that person. There's some of you in here that got a testimony that you've been holding on to because of shame. The Bible says that Jesus bore the shame of all sin. You have nothing to be ashamed about. There are people waiting to hear your testimony. They're waiting to hear how you suffered and how you struggled. And then you cap it off, but God. They don't want to hear about your friend that got, came over, got over. They want to hear how you came over. The worst, we got to forgive. We got to forgive. We got to let it go. We got to let it go. So right now, I want you, you thought of that person, that, that same person. And listen, when you forgive somebody, thank you, Lord. It doesn't mean you got to go to them and tell them. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. See, some people got this idea that I got to go tell somebody that I forgive them. You ain't got to tell them. You just got to do it. If, if, if telling them helps you, that's another thing. But the unfortunate thing is a lot of us, the people that have offended us aren't even around anymore. So how are we going to tell them we forgive them? We got to do that in our hearts. We have to let go of the right for justice. You guys hear what I said? We have to let go of the right for justice, which means revenge. That's because we call it justice. We just want revenge. We want it set right. We want an eye for an eye. We got to let it go. So we're going to pray. Whoever that person is, whatever that offense was, whatever happened to you or to one of your loved ones, just let it go today. And once you let it go, you're going to start receiving real forgiveness. You're going to start seeing all that God has forgiven you for. I'm telling you, God's going to give you a fresh revelation. He's going to change your attitude about uh, how you see things. But you got to let go of that. You have to let go of that eye. So you guys pray with me. Amen? Just agree with me. I'll pray. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, we just thank you right now. We ask. Help us see the person or the people that have offended us as people that you love. And Lord, as we see them as people you love, we say today that we forgive our offenders for every offense that was ever done to me or done to our loved ones. Lord, I thank you that today we will reach down into us and tear out that root of bitterness, that weight of sin that has kept us back from relationship with you. And God, we pray right now that the same way you've forgiven us, that we can turn and forgive those people. Help us change our attitude about what's happened to us. Lord, we know right now that it was meant for our destruction. But you, God, you, God, are going to use it for our good, but to your glory. Help us see that we are more than conquerors, that we are victorious through Christ Jesus. And God, right now, supernaturally, we just let it go. We let it go. Saints just even say it. I let it go. I let it go of this offense. I let it go. I forgive them. I forgive them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I set them free. I will no longer harbor resentment in my heart against them. For as you said on the cross, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So we thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.